0: I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Rotalik.
1: I'm Becky Haddad.
0: And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day.
1: Welcome back, Owl Pellets. Fans. I'm Becky Haddad here with Mike Ritalik and Brian Myers. And excited today to be joined by Brandy Disberger at Kansas State. Brandi, why don't you take a quick minute to introduce yourself for us today?
2: Sure. My name is Brandy Disberger. I'm an instructor of agricultural education at Kansas State University. I've been working here at K-State for the last 10 years. And prior to that, I spent 10 years as a high school ag teacher at Southeast of Saline High School in central Kansas.
1: Awesome. Thanks again and welcome. We're talking mentoring today. You want to give us just an overview of what we'll be chatting about um, before we dive into more of the conversation?
2: Yeah. So, this was a qualitative three year study that was part of my dissertation. And we learned lots about the beginning ag teacher experience. But one theme that came very strong as we went through the data encoding was their use of mentors and how beginning ag teachers use mentors, and more importantly, how that changed over the three years that I talked to this group of beginning ag teachers.
1: So what did did we learn about mentoring,
2: especially for our
1: beginning ag teachers, Brandy? So in
2: that first year, um, these were all traditionally certified ag teachers. And I do think that makes a difference on how they use mentors. That first year, inspect the first semester, we heard them talk a lot about going back to that cooperating teacher, the teacher that they had students taught with the semester before, and that was still their go-to person. As we moved into the mid part of the spring semester, they started talking more about their formally assigned school-based mentor. Here in Kansas, we require, teachers, well, all teachers, to be mentored in order to renew their certificate. So it was no surprise that they had school-based formal mentoring happening. And they talked about how that was a very formal process for them and most of them had a great relationship with that in-school mentor. They were using them for logistics. How do I get a substitute? How do I do a PO? Um, How do I facilitate conversations with community members or people within the school? They were also utilizing their ag teachers. Um, Again, kind of going back to that cooperating teacher, but more into that first semester, they started identifying with ag teachers that were within their FFA district because they were naturally seeing them more often as they gather with young students um, to do competitions and um, leadership development events. The downtime was spent just chatting with those ag teachers and they were getting a lot of great mentoring from that. The third item um, type of mentor that they really talked about was a peer. Within the graduating class that they had, there was one person that they really exchanged information about, and this happened um, as a co-relationship. They were not only getting mentoring, but they were giving too. Um, and they both found that it was really helpful to have these relationships with their peers. As we moved into year two, the formally assigned school-based mentors were still present if they were in the school, but it was no longer formal. It was very informal in their relationship. They were going to people when they had a question within the school. And some of them had actually found somebody else other than the person who had been assigned. that was a better resource for them. And they felt like they could do that. One of them in specific um, had the family and consumer science teacher as her mentor. And that teacher had retired after her first year she talked about how not having a mentor that was assigned within her school was hard for her in the second year because she still had questions and she didn't know who she should go to. Um, as we rolled in throughout that second year, again, they were using more and more ag teachers and less dependent on the cooperating teacher and more dependent on those that were more local to their school and within their FFA district. They were using their peers and they were talking um, independently with them whenever they got a chance. As we rolled into year three, all formal was much less formal. All formal mentoring was much less formal. Um, they were really figuring out what do I need to know? Where do I need to grow? And finding specific people that can help them in those areas that they may or may not have used in the first two years.
0: That is fantastic, Brandy. And so, Kind of one of the big questions that we always have, we talk about mentoring is a lot of times these beginning teachers call it imposter syndrome, call it not knowing what you don't know, call it whatever you want to call it. But what kind of things encourage these beginning teachers to actually engage with and use these mentors and how do we help others do that same thing?
2: Well, first of all, um, one of the things I feel like is out there, this is not true, is that one mentor serves all. And we think that in ag, we're going to give them another ag mentor, or at the school, we're going to give them a mentor within the school, and they're going to be able to, to solve all of their problems and help them with everything. And that's not the case. In fact, some of the beginning ag teachers that I work with kept saying, well, but I have so many mentors. And you're right, you do, and you should use them all. Um, The other thing to come over with is it's okay to ask questions. Um, I think that as we come out as new graduates, we're maybe a little self-conscious, I know I was, of what we do and do not know. And so we are afraid to ask questions. And uh, this research says that our ag teachers who are doing the best for their students and their programs are willing to get over that and ask questions. It's also okay that if the mentor you ask first doesn't know the answer, they're going to refer you to somebody else. Follow up with that additional person. Um, that's not a, it's not a good question, or I don't want to help you. It's, I'm not the best person to help you, but here is who you can rely on.
3: No, this is a a great topic, and, uh, and I think back as um, this whole idea of mentorship has evolved, um, our understanding and our, our role and responsibilities with it um, from state staff and from faculty and administration at local school districts um, has has kind of continued to grow and it's certainly much more robust. Um, what are some in the, the role um, that it plays within it, uh, retention of, of faculty, I think are certainly important too, as, as we think about that. What are some best practices that you would have for, school administrators and state staff and even ag teachers associations as you're as we're thinking about um, this idea of mentorship?
2: One of the things that came to my mind is what do we provide to our mentors so that they can better help our beginning ag teachers? And one of the tools that I would like to see incorporated more is guiding the mentor on how to direct guided reflection in our beginning ag teachers. Um, as part of this study, I literally asked the same question to these eight ag teachers every month for three years, and some of those questions were: "Tell me what's going well." "Tell me what you're challenged with." "What's coming ahead that you're excited about?" "What's coming ahead that you are concerned about?" And just asking those four questions helped him not only identify where am I struggling, but also what has went well, and not only identifying what am I looking forward to, but like what do I need to get on my mind so that I'm prepared that's coming down the pipe and doesn't surprise me. So mentors need to help in this guided reflection. And one of my recommendations is we know we have lots of mentors and you should use all of them in the purpose that they are intended for. But at least one of them needs to be formal in nature and really help with this guided reflection. Some of us by nature are very positive and we can tell you all the things we did well, but we struggle with where we need to improve And many of us are the opposite. Um, We're very critical. And in fact, some of these ag teachers, when I said, tell me something that's gone well, they really struggled to answer that question. And I kind of had to hold their feet to the fire. There is something in the last month that you've done well. Tell me about it. Uh, They needed that question asked. And they needed to be guided in identifying what that was so that they could celebrate successes and identify challenges. We need mentors to help with that role.
3: Yeah. So I see it as, as moving beyond even mentorship. So a lot of times when I find myself talking about mentors and, and what have you at this point, it's it's mentoring and coaching and you kind of get into that coaching session so that you are asking those questions and being self-reflective and, and, uh, and being more intentional. And I, and I think that's where we see the robustness and the value is no longer are we making assumptions that people are, New teachers are going to find a mentor or coach. We're really talking about go find a formal uh, mentor and then support yourself with other informal mentors that meet your needs based upon what, what those expectations are and where you, where you see yourself either struggling or, or having those challenges. So I think this is uh, some great work and some great dialogue to have related to that.
2: Well, And for our mentors, it's more than just um, calling your mentee as a checklist. And you dropped them an email and they said they were fine. So you're like, okay, that's done. It's not how this works. And I'll be honest, I was as guilty as anyone thinking that, oh, I checked in. I'm good. I can move on to other things I needed to do. And really supporting those mentors. And it's so much more than you asked how they were doing and they told you it was okay. Um, but really digging in and helping them identify what they're doing well and, and where they might need help.
1: So in that same vein, you know, we talk about our Early career teachers and being comfortable asking questions. You know, there's there's also a little bit of the piece I would think as far as getting folks comfortable with the idea that they can mentor. Um, And so when we think about actually providing that support, what does that look like to help maybe some of our other teachers or even some of those folks in the school who aren't ag teachers? When we talk about those formal mentors, how do we help them get comfortable with the idea of oh hey yeah I could I could mentor? They need us to help identify who
2: they are. You know, we can all think of that very stoic ag teacher in our state that is an amazing mentor and they have so much experience to give. But sometimes we need to look beyond uh, that absolute uh, veteran teacher and look at some of our up and coming professionals. Um, we need to rely on some mentors who are a little closer to where these beginning ag teachers are and they can understand some of their struggles and relate to a higher level, almost being a combination of that ag teacher and peer versus strictly the ag teacher mentor or the peer mentor. The other thing that was very interesting in this study, when I got to the end of year three, I said to these um, beginning teachers, I said, do you feel like a novice teacher or do you feel like a mentor? And they said, I don't think that I'm either. I think I have resources to give and experiences I'd love to share with others but I don't feel like I know enough yet to be a formal mentor. And that tells me that the teachers that are in that three, four, five year have some really valuable things that we could use in beginning teacher programming, having them come in and speak, because they can relate and they can share ideas, but they may not yet be quite ready to serve in a formal mental role but to get them ready for that mentor role, we need to get them engaged with our reading teachers in an informal um, and less demanding way.
1: Oh, and I love that even thinking about that chapter in a book as far as where am I compared to where somebody else is, making sure that mentoring relationship doesn't become comparative as far as well, you know, they're, they're a professor, they've got all these publications, they've got, you know, this, 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 this. Well, I'm I'm probably not going to be there just yet, but recognizing that there are folks who are at that same point I am, even if that's where I'm aspiring to be, whether that's in the classroom, whether that's, you know, kind of across the career, that's, that's huge. Thanks for sharing that, Brandy. Well, I
0: think it's a big point too, that no matter where we are in the career, you you, you need both. I mean, you're, you're probably, it's not just beginning teachers that need mentors. I mean, throughout your career, you're going to find new people throughout the time and Uh, you're going to be the mentor for some and you're going to learn from others and and to to make that transition through there and to learn those things and you know you were talking about that stoic ag teacher and I was thinking of a couple folks that that I've known that you know are probably the 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 model ag teacher that Stoic that stands up there but they really struggled being a mentor for a couple of different reasons one is they were so focused on what they were doing. And just because you're a good teacher doesn't make you a good mentor. And the other thing was, I can think of one right now that wanted to mentor that really would have been a great mentor, but people were scared to death to talk to him because he was such a legend in what what he did that I, I physically drug beginning ag teachers to go talk to this person. And they found, oh, he wasn't that bad. He wasn't that scary. Well, so how do we help break down that barrier to really help people to to ask people for different things to understand that that role you were talking about?
2: So it's about not um, focusing in on their good at everything, but maybe connecting them with the resource that they need. So maybe a beginning ag teacher is really struggling with their greenhouse. Okay, let's find them a specific person to help them with that greenhouse. And um, the other thing is to keep in mind, we have a retention challenge in our profession as well. And utilizing some of these mid-career teachers as mentors can really help them feel good about staying in the profession and staying engaged. Um, You're right, being a great mentor is not about an outstanding resume. It's about a personality. It's about having key traits that cause you to really enjoy working with beginning teachers and growing them. And not everyone has it and it's okay. Um, You can give back to the profession in a different way. Um, Maybe you do professional development workshops and somebody else is going to serve the mentoring role. But how can we help our established ag teachers figure out what they're good at and how they would best give back to the profession? One of those roles might be as a mentor. I think
1: that just goes right back to something you had said before as far as you don't have to be the be-all end-all mentor who has all the answers. You've got this is one thing I can be really helpful with but I also know this person is really good at this and this person can be really helpful with that um, and I think that's that's just essential um, when we think about those pieces both from what you had talked about before as established you know that that student recognizing that that one mentor probably won't do it all but as mentors too, not taking on that whole load of, I've got to do all of this. And that mentoring network and support is just so, so essential. Um, Brandy, I really appreciate this this conversation today. This has been a really cool thing to get to chat about. Are there any last nuggets that we really need to be thinking about as far as um, even, or maybe even especially at the state level or the admin level, as far as what do we need to really be taking home as far as supporting mentoring in our schools and with our state associations?
2: If we really want mentoring to work, we have to recruit outstanding mentors. And again, it's about personality, it's not about their resume. And then we've got to put a lot of thought and intention into those mentor matches. Um, When they have some common interests when they have some um, things that they can build a relationship on, then those mentoring relationships tend to be much more fruitful for both parties. Um, Mentoring is not, oh, I got a new teacher. Who can I find? Who's the first person who would say yes? And I'll match them up. Um, I lived that life. And uh, that wasn't the most successful strategy, but it helped me move forward at that moment. Um, But really let's rely on our teacher educators who know at least our traditionally certified teachers and their personality and let's rely on our profession to help identify the teachers and work as a team to make these matches so that they're very purposeful and therefore more rewarding for both mentors and mentees a team-based approach to mentoring across the board
1: Um, thank you so much for the conversation today brandy it was great to get to chat with you Um, some really exciting stuff to be thinking about both from the new teacher perspective but also thinking about folks who are you know struggling to identify themselves as mentors and thinking about ways we can continue to support that mentorship both at the school level and at our state association level. Brandy thanks again for joining us today and for the rest of the Owl Pellet fan base out there we'll see you next time.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you. And we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.